Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Hey everybody, welcome to the Georgia show. It is a big recruitment week for Justin Williams. We talked about him so much and we will finally get to figure out whether or not he is a duck or a dog. I'm Wes Blankenship, Jake Roos, Mountain Jake and Palmer Toms join me and guys, uh, the dogs got their first championship of 2023. We will uh, get to that in a moment. That was pretty fun to watch. But let's start off with the recruiting news of the week. Justin Williams will finally make his call, fellas. Yeah, pretty exciting for Georgia, man. Uh, I, I think uh, if things go the way that they we expect they will. Um, I've got my RPM pick in for Georgia and have for a week or two now. Um, so I, I feel good about where they stand going into this thing. And, man, you want to talk about perfect timing and getting things right when you need them. Um, Demarcus Riddick set to announce his final decision uh, here soon. Uh, that's never a good thing when a guy's already committed and having another commitment ceremony. Um, so I think that's the 26th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, we'll find out about Justin Williams tomorrow. Um, you know, like I said, I feel really good about where Georgia sits going into this number one linebacker in America. You know, I like the size on this guy, too. That's uh, Jake Rowe and I were talking about comparing and contrasting last year's class to the potential class this year. And if it goes the way that we're thinking it might, you get Justin Williams, you get Chris Cole, and you get Chris Jones in this class. That's a, that's a really impressive haul to follow up off of what you did last year. And from a size perspective, it's they're, they're better. I mean, that, that's the one uh, level up they have. Better athletes, 
TBD. Uh, Raylan Wilson's one hell of an athlete as a CJ Allen. Troy Bowles is a guy with some positional flexibility. Will he stay at uh, linebacker? Will he possibly drop to a star or a safety? Doesn't really matter. The, the difference, though, is there's some big bodies in this class when it comes to that linebacker spot. Justin Williams, chief among them. And uh, from the people I've spoken to, it's really not a debate when you're talking about who's the top linebacker in this class, and it is Justin Williams. Yeah, he didn't really – maybe it was because Riddick seemed like he was going to be in the class for a little while, and then we kind of saw how the tea leaves started to turn with him. Justin Williams will kind of be like a like a sneaky – even for as good as he is, seems kind of like a sneaky addition to this class if it does pan out that way. Yeah, it's not – I don't think it's what you would have had circled going into this. Like you said, I mean, the Riddick thing – I think the Riddick thing really changed everything in terms of what people's expectations were. And so you came into like, you know, um, March, April, May, kind of thinking that you you were in an okay spot. But, you know, obviously Riddick was here and plenty from elsewhere. And I think Georgia kind of saw the writing on the wall, maybe for what it was as to what we expect is going to happen with Riddick and said, all right, well, where do we go now? Well, what if we turned up the heat on this guy? Then what could happen? And credit to them for that. And it's been an interesting recruitment, especially because he's not really spent a lot of time looking at the in-state options. It's not like Texas has been a major factor here. Texas A&M isn't a school you've heard a lot about. Um, you know, Georgia's got one kid out of Oak Ridge already uh, in Joseph Jonah Jagne for this 2024 class. And, uh, hey, he just so happens to play with uh, the nation's number one linebacker as well, which doesn't hurt your chances. But, um, you know, to me, Williams, if they land him, as I expect they will, uh, huge pickup for the Bulldogs, no question about it. Uh, a lot to love. And, um, like I said, what a pivot, man. What a good time. And, uh, you know, Glenn Schumann just kind of, it, you know, it, it, the standard is the standard. Rich, who does this game remind you of? Because I was just I just finished up watching his film before we got on. And, you know, it's it's interesting because he's listed at 6'2", uh, 210. And it looks like he can carry a little bit more weight than that. He moves yeah. really well, um, you know, regardless of how much he's weighing right now. Uh, he, he moves well. And so, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see who you think he kind of plays like. Because to me, and it wasn't. You know, from a height weight perspective, it wasn't a perfect match, but kind of Quay Walker like. I could see that. I could see where you're going with that for sure. Um, another guy who I feel like has a similar body type and had some of that athleticism, although it was a little bit more raw, is Channing Tindall. Um, yeah. You know, the, the way that he kind of was built, um, I think reminds me a lot of where Justin Williams is right now. But Justin's a more prospect. Depending on where you were looking, Tindall was like a three star, four star guy. Um, but it's a, a situation for him where, you know, he's really kind of at the top of his game. He's playing great competition. Um, you know, Tyndall was a developmental prospect and he developed in the way that people expected he would. I, I was really high on Channing coming out of high school. This kid has it all kind of going for him. And like I said, from a build standpoint, I think from the game standpoint, reminds me a lot of the good things Channing did, uh, but he's further along at the same point. A, a little bit Jalen Walker like too. There. I can see that as I was talking about Quay Walker. I kind of had that thought. Jalen listed at six two two thirty. Um, like I said, six two two ten for Justin Williams. And and again, I feel like 
you know, he, he gets in a college weight program. They're going to shift that weight around. They're going to find ways to put pounds on. And I think he probably could get up to a 225, 230 type guy. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think that's out of the question in the least. Um, I, I think that you mentioned that Jalen Walker comparison. And I, I think that's a really good one too. And it seems like, you know, I don't know that the kid's quite as vocal, but he seems to have a similar kind of head on his shoulders to Jalen Walker in terms of the way that he approaches the media and the way he answers questions. Um, so that's exciting too. And obviously, I mean, that fits well within the mold that George is looking for in terms of the guys that they're trying to build their program around. I think that this kid will be a, a, a natural fit if he ends up in red and black. Craig Lawson says Williams is a mix between Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher, and Mean Joe Green, except he's better than all of them combined. That didn't quite make it onto our scouting report of Justin Williams, but we will file that away, Craig. Tomahawk Dog says, Go Dogs. Justin Williams, come on to LBU. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, it's, I think it's okay to say Georgia's LBU. Georgia's a lot of U's at the moment. Historically, RBU. Maybe that's taken a backseat to TEU over the last couple seasons, LBU. And I would say with the depth of this Georgia team this year, DBU could also be uh, in the mix. Bold Brett but Womack, Welcome in. I don't know if you're at work tonight or not, but we always appreciate you joining in. And uh, I just want to tap into the excitement of, of this week. Dylan Brooks, yeah, if you start for shoe, you get drafted. Unquestionable. Even if you don't, you still get drafted. Um, I mean, go go look at what Kirby had to say about Glenn Schumann last week at SEC Media Days. And, you know, it, the, the praise that he has continuously given him, it, it's – you can tell that t- what Kirby was for Nick Saban, Glenn Schumann is that for Kirby. He is the guy that he has molded to be his right-hand man along the way. Um, and, and so, you know, do I think a head coaching job is is in the future here for Glenn Schumann, probably before too long? Yeah, absolutely. But I think that that says a lot about the kind of guy that he is when he's getting that kind of praise from Kirby, um, you know, talking about how, how much he trusts him and, and that he feels like, you know, look, look at that linebacker room and the way that he's continuously developed that room and the way that he turned it around. I mean, you know, obviously he inherited a pretty damn good player in uh, in, Ro- in Roquan, but that 2018 linebacker group was not all that great. Uh, you know, the, the way that he's turned it around and started recruiting, I mean, starting with that 2019 class, bringing in uh, N'Kobe Dean, you know, it, it's he has turned that room around. Yeah, and he's going to have the opportunity to kind of pick and choose in the way Dan Lanning did. You know, he's going to be able to wait around for a good job. Um, he's not going to have to necessarily go make hay in the Sunbelt Conference, uh, you know, and climb his way around. I think that – and and also, listen, credit to Dan Lanning in a big way, I will say, for this 2024 class. He has Oregon in the mix with a lot of these guys that Georgia is kind of neck and neck for. Uh, Justin Williams is one of those guys. Nate Frazier has uh, Oregon ranked up there very highly as well. Aiden Breland is a guy that they're battling over. So uh, Dan Lanning out here doing a fantastic job. And, hey, look, you know, uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I think he's doing a pretty good job of trying to take the model that he learned under and was so successful with and uh, putting it in Eugene. Uh, Just back to Justin Williams for a moment. Guys in my text thread – talking about this commitment coming up. 
uh, a couple of them said they that he reminds them of N'Kobe Dean, and I thought, you know, that's a great comparison to make, but he's got a little height on N'Kobe Dean. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, that's kind of why I went with Channing. Um, you know, I think that, like I said, similarly athletic, um, and but further along in his game. From a build standpoint, though, reminds me a lot of Channing at this time in his career, and I, I think that um, that's a great place to be, man. Channing Tindall was uh, a well-built uh, well-built young man when he entered uh, when he entered in, in Athens. So, and uh, continue to get better from there. So, I think Justin Williams, a guy you can build around. And look, too. I mean, we, you know, obviously, I'm sure some people have thought about this. We haven't necessarily talked about it too much, but uh, you know, he and Joseph Jonah Janye, when if they can figure out how to get on the field at the same time, kind of early on, there's going to be a little bit of uh, you know some bond there that they're going to be able to kind of play off of each other, and and it's uh, kind of developed over the long term. I think that's pretty exciting too. Um, you know, I, you don't always get a combo like that coming out of a high school, a, a lineman and a linebacker who are uh, similarly talented. Um, Georgia with a chance to land both of those guys, and, and that would be huge if they did. Uh, Rusty Manziel not on the call with us tonight, but he does have an exclusive piece up at dogshq.com about uh, some recruiting buzz heading into this week. And Georgia will have some pretty talented visitors in town and uh, we'll have more updates on that as the week goes along. But that quarterback that everyone wants to talk about, Dylan Riola, he's like everyone's shadow in this class. So if Georgia lands a better than uh, expected class, even than what you expect at this point, Dylan Raiola deserves a lot of credit, man. He is almost like he's on the recruiting staff right now. He's helping the coaches out, and he's doing everything he can to help seal this thing. So stay tuned with Dogs HQ later on this week as we give you more updates and uh, inside insights into what's going on in Athens. Um before we move on, Roos, what are you looking forward to? What what do you expect the narrative of Georgia recruiting could be this time next week? Um, you know, obviously this is going to be a huge pickup. And then I think the all attention turns to Williams, Nalaneri, and KJ Bolden uh, switching into next week. So um, those are going to be obviously two of the best players in America, two top players at their position, and Nawaneri, the top player in the country, regardless, uh, on all three services. So um, I think that it really is a, I think it really is a good situation where um, you know Georgia has a chance to position itself with even more momentum. Now, regardless of how those recruitments play out, Georgia it comes into the season with a ton of recruiting momentum. They have a chance to further that though. Um, based on those decisions, the decision of Justin Williams. I mean, listen, we're talking about within a span of two weeks, you could be talking about the number one linebacker in America, the number one safety in America, the number one defensive lineman in America. Now, I'm not, I'm going three for three on that. It's tough, man. That's, I, and I don't even know that I would pencil that ended today. Uh, t- tough on, is an understatement. On top of already having the number one quarterback and the number one corner back. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So that's what I'm saying. Things are pretty good. Things can get a lot better. Um, like three for three, I don't know about that, but Georgia's in the mix for all three of these guys. And um, I think they got a great shot, man. It would be impressive as hell if you were able to go into the season with that. And I've mentioned before, Wes, you and I talked about it once, um, you know, Georgia, 
is in a very enviable spot in the recruiting world right now going into the season because they're going to be able to kind of sit back, evaluate the landscape, watch those senior films, watch how everything kind of plays itself out. Do they want to go out and pursue another wide receiver or something like that? And uh, you can sit back and kind of, you know, throw the bait out and just crank the rod and see what uh, see what happens. You know, a lot is made of what Clemson does in basically mandating that their classes get sewn up by June. Georgia's not too far behind that, though, if that's what they can do this week. When this you, is when you talk about going into the football season, kind of being pretty comfortable about who you have in your class. Yeah, this is a bit unusual, though. This has not been typical of how Georgia has handled it in the past. So um, a different look for Kirby Smart and company heading into this year with uh, the numbers heading into the season. Well, and, and, and he was asked about that at Media Days, and that was something that I was kind of planning on writing about this week, um, you know, is that this is incredibly rare. I mean, it's not exactly how they planned it. Um, they, they did. It's just kind of how it worked out with all these kids wanting to make those decisions before uh, their senior seasons. And, you know, the guys that they've got on board, you know, they, they felt like they scouted them well ahead of time. Uh, you know, the, the earlier official visits, I mean, we had official visits in, in May for a class that was signing in December. Yep. That, that doesn't normally happen. Um, you know, and, and so Georgia put in that work that they, they, you know, they, they went along with what the, the kids and the recruits were wanting to do. They wanted to visit early. They wanted to decide early. Georgia's all on board with that and, and allowed them to do so. And, um, you know, I think that that's a credit to what Kirby and, and his staff have done well ahead of time. They're not waiting around, uh, you know, for, for this senior season. They're not waiting around, uh, you know, for summer evaluations. Sure, there's some of that in there too. Um, you know, there, there's guys that certainly – came on the radar this spring, this summer, um, that, that may, maybe weren't there, but they, they put in a lot of work ahead of time and, and that's what they're doing right now. They're putting in a lot of work ahead of time with that class of 2025. Uh, you know, so that's, that's the biggest advantage to having 2024 wrapped up early or, or majority of it wrapped up early is that you can get a jump start on 2025. Yeah. Craig Lawson put it on a t-shirt, buddy. That's right. Crank the rod and see what happens. Josh Skelton wants to know when BMAC will land a five-star wide receiver. And Rhett Womack, quick to point out that Nicar and Nitro Tuggle are already borderline five-stars and they're going to rise. Um, I don't know what your take is on this, Roos or Palmer. I think when it comes to receivers, Georgia has shown that they can evaluate and get what they need whether or not they're five-star guys. I know losing out uh, Tennessee with Mike Matthews with the in-state guy in, uh, out of Parkview is pretty tough. But, I mean, when you look at the numbers and the data on which position group enters the portal the most as well, I feel like Georgia, whether or not they, they sign five-star wide receivers class in and class out, over the past couple of seasons, I've seen nothing to show that they still can't land elite talent uh, at that wide receiver group regardless. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I tell people this on the board all the time, and I think that it is true, really. The the portal is the, – the wide receiver position is probably the best position to go into the portal to get. There's a lot of bodies that enter that year in and year out. And 
there are guys who are going to want to come in and play for a team like Georgia that's playing the way Georgia is and where it's at right now. You're seeing it prove positive with Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett. Those guys, it's not that those guys weren't getting touches elsewhere. I mean, they were the leading receivers on their respective teams. They wanted to be in a place where they could develop their game further, where they could be on the biggest stages, where they could possibly, you know, make a run at a national championship. And so Georgia is able to do that. Um, and they're able to provide them that experience in addition to, you know, putting a lot of NFL eyes on them, which is uh, the goal as well. Now, Georgia hasn't necessarily had to go to the portal for that reason a lot, but you know, those were there were other names that we heard mentioned. Um, Grant DeBose was one of them um, from uh, uh, Charlotte that I remember very well. Um, but there were some other names that were kicked around. I just I think it's probably the most effective place to go out and find a difference maker guy. And if you can mm-hmm. supplement a class of three to like two to three guys that you really like with a guy who has proven it at the college level, I think that's a pretty ideal setup uh, moving forward each year. Listen, five-star wide receivers are exciting. They're great pieces to have, and they're they're amazing to watch. Jeremiah Smith is going to be a baller. There's no question about it. Ten out of ten times, I would bet the house that Jeremiah Smith is going to be a dude at the next level. I can see where he's coming from going to play for Brian Hartline, though. I mean, it's the same reason that you don't give linebackers shit for not going to – or uh, for, for going to uh, play under Glenn Schumann. I mean, yeah. it, it is what it is. The proof's in the pudding, man. Well, and, and, you know, I can understand why Mike Matthews would go play in Josh Heupel's system too. Sure. I mean, it, it's – I think what will be very interesting to see is how Georgia's offense operates this year with Mike Bobo and maybe a more traditional pocket passer as a quarterback. Do they put up those crazy numbers? Do they get a 1,000-yard receiver? Uh, if, if they do that, then I think that they've got a better chance at landing one of these five-star guys. Maybe not this year, but look ahead at the class of 2025. And, you know, they've, they've had a couple of those kids on campus already. Um, I don't think that they're going to get one in 2024, and I think that they're okay no, with that. They, I don't think they so would, they They would have loved to land one of them. I don't think it's in the cards, and I think that they are okay with that because they trust, again, they trust the evaluations that they've made and they, I mean, Nykar, you know, it, it, look, he's the number 13 receiver, but he's the number 67 player in the country. A lot of years that would be a top, you know, for and sure I think a top he, 10 receiver, maybe a top I, five guy. I think he has a chance to continue to climb. He's going to go to IMG and play against some of the best talent in America, including Ellis Robinson. And so he's going to have a chance to show that he's a dude. And I mean, the film says that he is, but – how does it translate to that next level of talent? We'll see. Nitro, you're Nitro, you're talking about. I, I was saying Nitro, Nitro. I'm sorry. Nitro, yes, Nitro. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Nitro and I. That does get kind of confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sacred Grove over here mentioned too in the comments that you you need another George Pickens. And I've been on that, I've been blowing that horn for a while too. You listen, George's wide receiver legacy is pretty slim. You've been yeah. making you've been you were leaning on that AJ Green train hard for several, several years. Well over a decade. Pickens needs to go into this league and, you know, really turn himself into one of the elite receivers, which I think he can. And that's going to boost George's profile further at that position. And you're going to be able to draw bigger off of that. The guys want to know they can get drafted. They want to know that they can get touches. They want to know that they're going to be ready for the next level. George's still got to prove that. And and, and I Dylan, think until you – go ahead, Palmer. I was just going to say, and as Dylan points out, it's a lot of mouths to feed. 
that's exactly why uh, a five-star receiver doesn't want to come to Georgia because it's so many mouths to feed. It, they, they want to be, the, you know, the lone mouth. Yeah. 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 I mean, until a guy like Pickens or AJ Green comes along again, and both of those guys had some different circumstances that led them to Georgia, they were unconventional talents that didn't really see the the writing on the wall that Georgia would use a guy like them, but they still chose to come to Georgia anyway. And until Georgia has another guy like that come along, you know, the negative recruiting, the reality of, I'm not looking at Georgia as a place to shine if I am a big dog wide out. And I'm not saying that the guys in Georgia's class right now aren't. They could prove themselves to be like that. But you're not going to get a Jeremiah Smith kind of player until Georgia's offense starts to show, okay, we've done this before with a talent like this, and we built the offense around them. And Georgia just hasn't had to do that. And I think yep. that's a testament to the depth that they have at every other position. They don't and need to have a 1,000-yard receiver because they're getting the ball to everybody else. Well, and it's um, that depth at other positions that, that ultimately and ironically could be what holds Georgia back. They could end up getting a thousand yard receiver, but it could be a tight end. Yeah, no question about it. And I think, too, you know, there's something to be said for the guys who've come in and chosen to be Bulldogs. I mean, you know, knowing that that's the case, right? I mean, there's a, there's an unselfishness there. There's a willingness. There's a you're going to have to spend a lot of time blocking. Tyler Williams, they, uh, Sacred Grove mentions, I'm as high on Tyler Williams as anybody out there. Um, I think that Tyler Williams is a hell of a player. A little bit raw, uh, spent a lot of time playing basketball, but has all the upside in the world. And one of those guys that's going to be able to get out there and, um, you know, help you in the blocking game, but is also going to be able to create as well in the receiving game. I think you continue approaching it from that way. And look, you're going to get some guys drafted after this year. Um, you know, Lad McConkey is going to be taken probably in a pretty good spot. And you're going to be able to sell that pretty soon. You're going to be able to sell, hey, we took this guy that almost no one knew about and we turned him into an NFL draft pick like they did with Stetson Bennett. So that's the kind of stuff that appeals to guys. That's the kind of stuff that sells. That's the kind of stuff that helps you land guys. Speaking of the transfer portal, if y'all are wondering why I've got uh, Lane Kiffin behind all of us, yes, this is the Georgia show. But since we spoke last, I heard Lane Kiffin speak at SEC Media Days, and he spent – I would say 90% of his entire appearance at SEC Media Days that I heard speaking about NIL, the transfer portal, roster management, how it's always changing, and how for a school like Ole Miss, who doesn't have boosters that rank within maybe the top 10 of the country, I, I think it's probably fair to say, probably middle of the pack in the SEC when you talk at pound for talk about pound for pound what the boosters are doing. And I don't know how fair it is for Lane to complain about it or, or just bang the drum about it the entire time. Every coach is dealing with it. But he really made it sound like Ole Miss is struggling with its roster and keeping guys in shape. And I'm not an Ole Miss expert. I don't have time to be. But I do know that Georgia is doing everything it can to keep its roster intact. So comparing and contrasting what Lane Kiffin had to say with what Kirby said earlier in the week about his COVID babies class, the staff, and everyone that they've gotten to stick around through all this turmoil in college football, 
it kind of stood out to me as maybe that is one of the bigger keys in Georgia's championship run than than anything else we talk about. And, and we hadn't really spoken about it a ton until Kirby brought it up. Yeah. Um, I get it from Lane Kiffin's perspective, personally. I I think he's probably right about everything he's saying in terms of how things are at Old Miss. It's a situation where they're – I mean, Old Miss, however you want to slice it, is probably not going to be in playoff contention anytime soon. It would be a shock, I think, to most people if that were the case. Now, you know, are they a, a top 20 team? They can get there for sure with a guy like him at the helm. But to break through, you need the players and you need that financial support that a lot of schools have. And, you know, yeah, there's probably some of that to be said. But at the same time, the COVID babies class and what, you know, the, there was a great article on it on on three the other day in terms of the evaluations Georgia made during that time and what they were able to kind of scrape out of that. I think that that's as impactful as anything. And if you're at Ole Miss, you've got to be making those same evaluations. You've got to be able to pull those guys because if you're not going to be able to land those top tier guys, let's say necessarily, you're not competing financially for the five stars, if you want to put it that way, then you need to be able to go out and uh, reel in those guys that you know are going to hit. Georgia's doing both things on an incredible clip. They've got all the resources in the world behind them and they're able to spot the talent. So I think it's a... It's a pretty dream scenario for Kirby and company in Athens right now. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you look at that COVID class and um, the kids that they've been able to keep around, I mean, look no further than than Brock Vandegriff, who, who talked about it this spring. And why is it that he decided to stick around? Because he's continuing to get better. I mean, Kirby said, that they invest in these guys as freshmen, as sophomores, and they they preach and they show, hey, you don't necessarily have to play uh, as a freshman or as a sophomore. You don't have to be a starter to, to go off and go to the NFL and accomplish everything you wanted. Another perfect example would be Amarius Mims. I mean, this is a guy that, that was at Georgia that year, decided to enter the transfer portal, ultimately end up coming back to Georgia, played a role in this past season and is going to play a major role this year and could be a first-round pick out of it. I mean, that, that the proof is in the pudding right there. Yeah, I, I just couldn't help but hear a coach that is like, I'm doing everything I can to stay above board here while everybody else is what Lane calls – legal cheating but when you have georgia that's got stability and still doing it you know the throwback way of not worrying about everybody transferring not that georgia hasn't had guys transfer out or anything but it's almost like they found a way to keep their team in this bubble of not getting caught up with this revolving door that so many other rosters are dealing with in college football and 
it, it really sticks with me, man. I, I, I think it will help them out a ton again this year. And they're going to benefit from transfers too. Lovett and Thomas are going to come in and probably make their marks. But then you have, you know, other teams where guys don't come in and they don't pick up the culture or they are just there to better their situation before they go to the league. And from talking to Dominic Lovett, he's already bought into the way that Georgia wants to do things and, and the standard that Georgia wants and demands. So um, I, I don't know, man. Looking back on SEC media days, the big context point for me was that, was just hearing how Georgia is keeping things together. I I, uh, I will say, I want, I want to <laughs> – you mentioned Lane's comment on, uh, you know, legalized cheating. It yeah. wasn't that long ago that Ole Miss was participating in actual cheating, like uh, very publicized uh, cheating. Yep. So they should be able to compete in this market, in my opinion. I don't understand what, what – that's not a good selling point, in my opinion, if you're Lane Kiffin. Like, you guys were doing pretty good at that at one point. And, and not, to mention, not to mention that Ole Miss has been one of the – programs that has continuously used the transfer portal just yeah, look just just look at their quarterback room this year i mean they brought in two starting caliber quarterbacks on top of their returning starter their wide receiver room is a complete overhaul um i mean they, they have continuously been a program that has benefited from the transfer portal yeah zach problem. evans zach evans is another one i mean Absolutely. last year Absolutely. Uh, you want to benefit, you can benefit from breaking T and all of their selections of Georgia national championship, whether it's the uh, 2021 national championship or 2022. It's all there. I have no doubt they will have a better never rests, some sort of iteration of that in the shop. So you can embrace the slogan for 2023. It's all there though. No matter which championship you want to celebrate, if you want to do it with short sleeves or with a hoodie, it's at Breaking Tea. And there is a link in this show description. Support the show, support Breaking Tea, and visit that shop. Guys, I mentioned the first championship of Georgia's 2023 season. And it just happens to be in golf and not in college sports, actually. But Georgia alum Brian Harmon dominates everybody at the British Open. I know Palmer's been itching to talk about this all day, but it was a really dominant performance from wire to wire that I know Kirby Smart is proud of when he watched Brian Harmon over there in Liverpool this weekend. Yeah, he'll be excited to get the uh, the Claret Jug in Athens. Um, that, I mean – I think he even said that in the tweet, uh, tweeted out last night, best of luck to Brian Harmon plus Sepp Straka. Um, and, and I think that he mentioned uh, the, the Clara Jug coming to Sanford Stadium. Um, yeah, I mean, just an absolutely incredibly impressive performance. The way that he stayed in control and, and you know, finished six strokes ahead of the competition – um, you know, had, had moments on both Saturday and it came into both Saturday and Sunday with a five stroke lead, uh, and, and had moments there early in both rounds that he, uh, you know, was struggling, made bogey on two of the first five holes, b both days, uh, but, but bounces back with back-to-back -back birdies, um, and, and writes the ship and, um, you know, big credit to him because, 
look, winning a major is tough. W- sleeping on a big lead is tough. Combine those two and it gets even tougher. And, you know, he talked about, I mean, he, he's, he has experienced that, been on the wrong side of that before, slept on a 54-hole lead at the U.S. Open back in 2017, uh, did not convert that one. Uh, but he, he talked about his experience last night and said, you know, last night I was a wreck. I mean, he's been a wreck the whole week. Uh, but he, he credited Kirby Smart and said that he kept thinking back to one of those sayings, one of those team phrases that he wasn't going to be hunted. He wanted to hunt, which is a little ironic with the uh, narrative around him this entire week over there being uh, centered around uh, the, the, oh, the, the hunting. Oh, the Brits just – they learned that one nugget about him, and that's all they talked about all week was that he hunts. Yeah. And sure. he was hunting I mean, this weekend. Uh, One of the questions in his – a large majority of his uh, championship presser that I've seen has been questions about, you know, okay, so you just won this. Are you going to go on a big hunt? You know, are you going to get a new rifle? No, no, I'm I'm a bow and arrow guy. No, I don't do any – I don't do any, you know, crazy hunting, Uh, you know, this, that. I mean, they they love that narrative. They they latched onto that for sure. I, I, I don't feel like we're talking enough about the fact that this guy contacted Kirby Smart for, like, motivation. Like, he turned to Georgia's head football coach and was like, oh, man, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm messed up going into this. How can I win the British Open? And the coach, like, calmed his nerves, man. Like, this guy is just catching PR from all over the place. It doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter the continent. It's like – Kirby Smart just is winning right now in terms of like all the facets, man. I think that I couldn't believe he said that. And I couldn't believe that it was a true story because of course it was, right? I mean, of course, yeah. Kirby Smart is somehow tangentially involved that, with the Georgia Ball for winning the British Open. <laughs> that's definitely the kind of thing that you feel like is so fake. People latch on to like, oh, yeah. he, he went to Georgia. He must have been thinking about, you know, better <laughs> – Better never rest. You know, Harmon, Brian Harmon didn't rest last night. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it sounds made up. It really does. Like I said, the PR for Kirby, I think, is, is ridiculous, man. I mean, it's it's you're getting this. Somehow the British Open has turned into a com- another commercial for Georgia football. Put Kirby Smart on Brian Harmon's bag, man. He's yeah. got him between the years. <laughs> Chase Elliott gave Kirby credit a couple years ago for the same thing, and I think it's because of the messaging that we just heard at SEC Media Days. I mean, I posted a snip from his speech on our Instagram, and it's been picked up by like leadership coaches and talent coaches because the way that he does speak behind the mic. Now, Palmer will tell you it's not always as eloquent throughout the season when he comes in after practice and he's sweating and pissed off. Uh, wearing his visor and, and looks like he's ready to throw it at somebody. But when he gets up there for SEC media days, he is quotable for the rest of the calendar year. No, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's year in and year out. There is a message that comes out of it. Um, and, and, you know, just going back on the board the other day was, uh, you know, was going back through those, you know, the, the, Obviously, this year's was better never rest. Last year's was not being hunted. Um, you know, um, the, the elite or not the year before. Yep. Um, you know, th- there have been several 
uh, keep chopping. I mean, hell, we we named a segment after uh, a Kirbyism. He didn't trademark it, as far as I know. So <laughs> when we get that season assist, we'll change it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, great call, man. British Open once again infiltrated by Kirby Smart. Uh, let's do some dog stocks, Palmer. Take it away. I know you probably have more that you want to say about this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I will piggyback off of the Brian Harmon conversation and just extend it to Georgia golf in general. Um, you know, Georgia with a chance, with a really good chance um, to have two players represented in the Ryder Cup. And I know that that's something that Kirby uh, takes a ton of pride in. I know that he's he's a big fan of these guys. And, and I, th- I think that that, you know, his downtime comes in the summer. Their downtime comes in the fall. Um, and so, you know, they get to watch each other. They get to embrace each other, uh, each other's sports. You know, there's the famous story of Kevin Kisner at the tour championship, taking a helicopter over to Athens for the game. And, you know, the way that he checks in with his caddies, um, you know, Kirby was very clearly watching, getting up early to watch these guys. Um, so Georgia, you know, with, with the potential to have two guys, on the Ryder Cup team, um, Brian Harmon, of course, and plus Sepp Straka on the European team. And th- that's two guys that, on top of two guys that have played for Team USA uh, over the last two international events. Last year at the President's Cup, uh, Kevin Kisner, who, who's you know a big fan uh, of Georgia. And then uh, Harris English brought the Ryder Cup or trophy uh, to Athens after they won, uh, was the guest picker on college game day, uh, back in that 2021 season. So, uh, stock up Georgia golf. All right. I will, uh, go stock up on just summertime, man, for the fans. Recruiting season is taking a little bit of a, a pause, cool down a little bit, probably heat back up a little bit this week. Kirby and the guys, they're back. They're playing. They're practicing. They're doing everything, and there's no offseason for them. But I want to encourage the fans to take the next couple weeks, get your minds right. Maybe you've got one last vacation to squeeze in. Go see Oppenheimer. Or, you know, Go be the dad of the year, husband of the year. Go see Barbie, whatever you need to do, and just enjoy the last few weeks of summertime because your team is still the champion, defending champion, all the way through the rest of this season. But you got to bring the right energy into the year. Calm down, relax, keep your composure, and get ready to pull for the dogs. Stock up on the last few weeks of the summer before that three-peat season begins, baby. Bruce? All right. I'm going stock down tonight. And uh, that's because I've seen several people lately who are talking about, you know, Georgia and Demarcus Riddick and the idea of not recruiting guys in Alabama or Louisiana or, you know, Georgia can't pull from here. Nobody gets guys out of there. Listen, Nick Saban's not taking that approach when it comes to the Peach State. All right. Brian Kelly's not not coming into Georgia because Kirby Smart's there. You got to get over these notions. Is it a waste of resources? No, it's not, because what you're doing is you're putting uh, pressure on those programs to be able to deliver, to be able to land those kids. Are you are you going to lose to Marcus Riddick? I feel like you will, probably. Was it a sunk cost? Not entirely, no. You made both of those teams, Auburn and Alabama, devote significant resources to recruiting that kid 
while, oh yeah, we're probably going to lose this kid, you go over and you recruit the nation's number one linebacker. Uh, you've pulled some tremendous players out of both of those states. Cedric Van Pran, chief among them. George Pickens comes to mind. These were guys that both of those squads were into. They wanted. I think that uh, Georgia um, has to keep recruiting those states. I understand people's mentality. I understand the thought process to it. But I can assure you nobody's taken that thought process uh, elsewhere. So, Look for Kirby and company to keep pushing for those five stars and top four stars in Alabama and Louisiana. Uh, they're going to do the hunting. Good stuff. Palmer, Roos, appreciate it. Uh, bark after dark tomorrow night. Indeed. All right. Looking forward TBD to that. On, TBD on, uh, on, on, our, on our guest. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, nine o'clock on the Dogs we'll HQ YouTube channel. And then the Georgia show is back. 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night. Catch y'all then. Have a great week and hunker down. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.